0: Hi, this is Katie Harris. And this is another episode of the nursepreneurs podcast. And today I'm here with Wafa Nuruddin from Modern Caregiving Solutions. Wafa, thanks so much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. Very much appreciate it.
0: Uh, So yeah, I'm really excited to to talk about this. I'm I'm looking at your website and your product right now. And it looks awesome. And I can't wait (laughs) to hear about this. So I guess let's start out by getting a little bit of background about you tell us, um, you know, what kind of nurse are you? And how did you what have you done in your career um, that led you here?
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Katie. Well, I really see myself as a a registered nurse that had the opportunity to go on a really interesting 15 year journey. Um, I see myself as a public health advocate and uh, as well as an entrepreneur. So my journey has taken me from frontline nursing. um, So I was a public health nurse, bedside nurse, did frontline work for about the first five years of my my, uh, career. Um, And then really transitioned over into public policy. So for the past decade, I was actually working um, with the provincial government in um, Alberta, Canada. I've had the opportunity to work on several large scale projects in primary care, uh, manage the healthcare insurance program, um, the policy side of things. Um, And most recently I was working on developing regulations, Um, and policy related to um, staffing within continuing care. So um, this includes nursing homes, um, assisted living, uh, as well as home care. Um, And then I transitioned over to my passion project, which is modern caregiving solutions. Um, I'm really passionate about creating um, innovative solutions that really empower ethnocultural caregivers and their loved ones. And MCS is really specializing on developing cutting edge technology and education resources for this really underserved group. We have a flagship app that's called MyHuddle, and it's really designed to revolutionize the way the families collaborate and provide care, especially during life-limiting illnesses. Um, And outside of work, you know, I'm a proud mom, I have three kids, um, I have my husband, and I really just love pouring myself into them. And, um, I see MCS really, again, as a, as a legacy project, um, and really focusing on building a foundation that'll be able to empower families for generations to come.
0: So when you started the, the, uh, modern caregiving solutions, uh, was it an extension of what you were already doing or were you like, Oh, there's something missing here and I need to fix it. And was the business the first thought of how you were going to fix it or did you try and yeah. fix, <laughs> fix it a different way? Or... Yeah.
1: Um, I think, you know, when you're working in policy, you're looking at things from a bird's eye view. So you're looking at the different um, laws and different like program structures that can support caregivers. So when I was working in the government, I had the opportunity to support some um, a really big project that was uh, occurring um talking with different communities about palliative end-of-life care, for example. And I always found that um, the voice of ethno-cultural communities was always missing. And um, I think COVID um, really exemplified a lot of the chaotic experiences that family has. So um, the reason why we started MCS came out of our own experiences with having elderly parents that contracted um, like a severe case of COVID. In my case, for example, um, we have a family that is scattered across the world. My parents um, were extremely sick. They were at home. They were isolated. Um, and communication coordination was absolutely a challenge. It got to the point where my parents needed some kind, um, they needed specific medications to be delivered, but because of just the lack of communication, they got like five sets of groceries. And so what happened was that um, there was just this chaos. Everyone wanted to help. No one knew what to do. Um, The other piece as well is that many community, uh, many members of ethnocultural communities, my family included, we really lack proper legal documentation. So what happened was that healthcare providers couldn't share any information with us. So this really left my parents to fight their symptoms alone without any guidance or next steps, because healthcare providers at this time really themselves were overwhelmed. so we knew that my co-founder and I saw that there was a need um, to streamline communication um, during crises like this. And that's why we came up with MCS and my huddle is just an extension of that um, because it's something that we saw. And I think, you know, as nurses, we really we're really good problem solvers. You know, we 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 experience something um, and we say, hey, you know what, there's probably a better way of doing this. Um, and that's why I'm, that's why my huddle um, came to be the business side of things is that I realized that um, in Canada, you know, there's different tiers of social support. So you have nonprofit organizations that really engage with and support the most vulnerable. But then you have this growing group of individuals who aren't necessarily extremely vulnerable, but they also need um, they need help. They need support, they need guidance, and they do have disposable income. And we said to ourselves, well, if people are um, able to to pay a few dollars a month um, as a family, um, this is a tool that they would, you know, uh, they would benefit from. And um, we found that was the case. The other piece is that um, education is um, something that's mission critical to us. We found that there's lots of families, again, who um, because of language barriers or for whatever other reasons, they had a hard time navigating the healthcare system. And so we wanted to provide um, just-in-time education, um, small videos um, in multiple languages that they could listen to that would help them just better understand what is dementia? What is, you know, chronic heart failure? What is this thing that your loved one may be um, diagnosed with? And what are some things that you can do at home um, that would be able to help you help your, your loved one as well? So um, we're really focused on, on that piece. Um, but it really came out of my experiencing. I was just at too much of a high level for too long, for, for 10 years, working at like high level policy. Um, and I wanted to really impact and improve the, the care of, um, or the experiences of people within my community. And that's what brought us to developing MCS.
0: Okay. Um, and yeah. when you started MCS, did you realize that you were going to be creating an app? Was that all, the, the idea all along or is that something that came out of it, uh, out of really defining the problem and and looking for solutions?
1: I think the app was always our key priority, um, because that's what we found was easiest to, um, I say at the time, we thought it was easy to develop an app. (laughs) (laughs) Um, After going through that experience, it is extremely (laughs) difficult. And um, you know, you get to a point where as a business owner, you're afraid to tell people what your business idea is. (laughs) Yeah, um, because you're afraid people are gonna, you know, steal like, your idea. No, <laughs> I'm like, you would have to be insane <laughs> to to go through what we got, what we went through. Um, and we were more than happy to tell people about it, you know, um, especially when you're brand new in business. Um, so it was always it was the app. But then what we found is that when you're looking at your service offering or you're trying to support, um. You're trying to make uh like a really compelling um product. You always have to have you have to have wraparound services as well, right? And that's where the education piece comes in. We do um, caregiver coaching to to really try and and give people something that um, is of value. Not to say that the app isn't, but we want to make sure that it's not like okay, hey, you download this app and you're all by yourself. We knew that if we wanted to make significant change. We had to have the technology and the coaching and the education to really make this a a compelling solution to a problem that we saw all around us.
0: So did you know all the pieces that you wanted to go into the app or is this something that evolved and like, you know, for me, I'm like a squirrel. I'm like, oh, let's do this. Yeah. Let's draw it. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't hard to decide what to put in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a really good question. Um, it really wasn't because I think what we we put together a list of all the apps that we use. We use what WhatsApp, we use calendar. Um, we use notes so basically what's app was for the chat so it includes a um and includes a group chat there's a shared calendar we have um in many ethnocultural communities there's um there's shared community saving so we have an expense tracker so for example it would be um you know we all want to buy mom a um a specific like a medical bed right and then we would all contribute so there's um, a way to track those um, monthly contributions or, you know, a whole myriad of um, types of expenses. There's a task um, tracker because we found that these are these are the tools that we used anyways. And we're like, why don't you just put them all together? Um, however, one of the things that we were also thinking about is, well, um, what would a service provider benefit from if they were utilizing my huddle? And that's where sort of the nursing hat came in. I just put myself in the the shoes of, let's say a director of care within a nursing home um, and wanting to engage with families. Um, And we said, okay, so what would a service provider want? Um, We would want them again to have a shared calendar. So everyone knew whenever the doctor was coming into into the unit that day, um, families knew when that was, and then perhaps there would be questions that they had for the physician. So we had a shared um, calendar. We also have something called a daily shift report, which I think is a really great way to um, communicate what is going on for your loved one within um, within a facility to families. Sometimes you feel like your loved ones are put into a facility and it's like a black hole. You don't know what's going <laughs> on. So. <laughs> so we thought that this would be a great way to communicate. Um, And it came out of actually our experiences putting our kids in daycare so you would have um, at the end of the day when you pick up your children um you get this little note saying you know you get like a picture of your kid and it'd be like this is this is what happened today you know um and after talking with people um with family members in facilities they were like this is amazing i would love it like it would give me so much peace of mind just seeing you know my my loved one so that's something that we included as well but when you're looking at developing technology, just to sort of <laughs> come back to the original question, um, if uh, you know coders and developers can basically do anything you want. Um, but it's also about the ease of use of your uh, your client. And so making sure that you have caregivers um, as part of your team, that you're consulting regularly with your end users is actually quite important. And so we on purpose pared it down for ease of use. And then as people utilize it um, and as you know a wish list grows, we can build on it. Um, and the other piece too is building an app is quite costly. <laughs> and so, you know, um, if we, you know, we could have built a gigantic app that had a lot of you know different features. But we wanted to make sure that we were um, meeting the needs of our target audience and of our our customers. So we were very intentional in in developing a product roadmap that um, had a really solid base and then could grow over time. So we have infrastructure built in that allows us to grow over time as well.
0: Um, so how long did it take from like idea to um launch
1: <laughs> oh great question um I would say honestly it took about eight months um that sounds fast this, it's <laughs> I think you know whenever you're in business and in technology I'm sorry just give me a second
0: I was, that sounds really fast. Like, I I mean, I've, I've heard people say like, you know, it took them five years and by the time they got ready to go, it's like the technology is (laughs) outdated.
1: You know, that's a really good point. And I, I think, um, we think eight months is actually quite slow. And the reason we say this is, um, competitors are coming out of the woodwork and, um, you have ai that has now completely upended technology um and so we really quickly had to incorporate like an ai piece we already had an algorithm that was incorporated that measured mental health for caregivers so um just through the algorithm we would be able to say hey you know what? it looks like you're at risk for um burnout or um you know you need to really engage in self-care just based on how they interacted with the app but um, we're building in really quickly because of ChatGPT, a, um, a conversational um, caregiver aid, like a little caregiver friend <laughs> that uh, they can me. talk to that. Yeah, it's, but we have to build it quickly because of the fact that um, we didn't want to become obsolete, right? So it's been really cool um, to keep abreast of what's going on with technology and AI and things like that. But at the same time, you want to make sure, especially if you're in a health, you have a health related app that you're complying with privacy leg- legislation, and you're doing things that are, um, you know, you're doing this in a safe way.
0: How do you find those things out? Is that something that uh, you you hire a lawyer? Is it you go to a <laughs> website or you just learn by doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, Do you mean from the perspective of how you keep abreast of what's going on or exactly. more of the privacy piece?
0: Exactly. Well, actually yeah. both. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um in terms of keeping abreast of what's going on, you know, I'm I'm constantly on um like technology related. Like I'm in um ChatGPT Twitter, <laughs> AI Twitter. So I'm always keeping uh, you know, updated with what's going on from that perspective. I think even lawyers right now are they themselves are trying to navigate um what AI is going to mean like what it's going to mean for for healthcare and um so we we are working with our privacy lawyers um, to make sure that we're at least in compliance with what's currently in place. And we are like, and we had to be when we were building it. Um, but I think as the ethical framework of AI is evolving, it's just something that we're going to have to be engaging with our lawyers continuously about it. So it's an, it's an evolution right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no solid black and white answer, right? It's just, <laughs> it's a gray area.
1: Nope, <laughs> it's a gray area for sure.
0: Uh, so what about the the competition? Like um, what what is your kind of biggest competition and, you know, what uh, keeps you awake at night?
1: You know, that's a really great question. Um, I love competition um, because that just makes it, it keeps you motivated, yeah. um, but it also shows that you have a viable, you have a viable product. When we first started, we couldn't find anybody, um, but then, you know, I think people and caregivers, um, this is going to be an emerging population that we're going to have to address their needs, um, you know, just moving forward. But I think what keeps me up a, at night is right now, I want to reach those caregivers, right? I want to be able to um, reach our target audience and make changes that are are significant, right? And I'm always thinking about like, okay, you know, um, how can we make this easier to use? How can we make our app uh, more accessible? How can we ensure that we have all of these families that um, are struggling? How can we really um, reach them and engage them and make them excited about this? Because caregivers really, they're, they're dealing with a lot, right? Um, They're dealing with so many competing priorities and then to come to say, Hey, we have the solution for you. It's sometimes it's not even something that they're, they're thinking of. So it's really about how to best engage caregivers and, um, you know, mitigate that gap, uh, meet the needs that they have. Um, the other piece as well, that's keeping me up at night is about, um, I won't say sustainability in a sense, you know, looking at being able to uh, maintain uh, your business model and being able to pivot quickly and making sure that you have that, um, you have that marketing and that branding and all of those kind of pieces that will ensure that your product and your, um, you know, your service offering stays relevant. So that's the other piece as well that I'm always thinking of. So...
0: Yeah, those are some big ones. <laughs> yeah. um, what would you say to, I guess, nurses that uh, I don't know? Maybe they're sitting around and they are thinking. I, you, you, you know, nurses see all the problems. Uh, they, yes. they know what the problems are. They have tons and tons of solutions. Um, let's say that they want to put something like that in an app. Um, what would yeah. your advice be uh, for nurses that are are thinking about doing something similar, not your exact business model, but a similar mm-hmm. concept to what you've done?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And you're right. I think that's, what, that's the beauty of nursing, especially in healthcare. You can see the problems all around you. Um, I think the first step of Um, for nurses should really be about identifying a specific problem that they're encountering in their practice. So not look at, okay, we need to figure out how to discharge people (laughs) easier. It's like, take one piece of that, um, of that problem, and then brainstorm some innovative ways to address it. And always think about a minimum viable product. So um, with us, when we first started, We just started with a group chat, like we took a, before we even went to the developers, um, we used a no code uh, platform called Glide. We developed our app there. Um, That taught me um, a lot of things. It taught me about the logic behind apps. It taught me about how to be able to communicate my needs with the developers. It, It taught me about data analysis and algorithm development. So, you know, it's just making sure that you have your problem, there's a small piece of it, you um, brainstorm innovative ways to address it. Then you try and have a prototype or minimum viable product using a no-code platform. Um, This will help you build the skills. Then I would say, um, like networking and collaborating with like-minded professionals, software developers, healthcare entrepreneurs is really crucial for turning concepts into reality. Um, And then lastly, um, seeking guidance from mentors and tapping into resources, um, because that's the other piece. Uh, Building technology can be quite pricey. Um, Sometimes apps can cost over $250,000. And so making sure that you can clearly articulate your problem, your solution, what's the market share, um, how much revenue can you potentially get from your, from your solution um, can then help you communicate this to angel investors or other types of um, maybe, um, you know, um, governments or other entities that have money that they want to be able to sort of disperse to support um, nurses and other healthcare providers. The other piece as well is, um, and I'm finding this is more and more important, is establishing a personal brand Hmm. Um, I'm finding that people need to be able to trust you and to understand who you are what's your background and what value you bring so um, while this is happening concurrently just being really active in social media um, sometimes what I find is really helpful I haven't done this but I think if I were if I were going to do this again I would do a build in public strategy So I would go to Twitter or to LinkedIn. And as I'm working on this app, I would talk about, you know, what are my wins? What are my, you know, what are some of the challenges? What is the progress of this app so that you're building momentum and people can see this being built in public. And then when you're ready to launch, you've already established an audience. And then you know that there's going to be a group of people that are going to be interested in um, in purchasing this. So when you're thinking about it from that perspective, that could be sort of the key steps that a nurse could take if they're interested in developing their own technology.
0: Yeah, there's always early adopters out there that love to try out new things that... <laughs> I'm I'm like a a step beyond the early adopters because I don't like being the first person to try things.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. And the other piece, too, is that if you're talking about the solution, even within the health system that you work in, whether it's your hospital, let's say it's a group of hospitals that you work in, um, they're always looking for, there's always a sort of technology side, whether it's a quality improvement area. um, So networking and engaging with those people, um, sometimes there is limited funding that can do some of these quick um, tests um, to see whether or not there's a piece of technology that could work. So that's also an option as well.
0: So did you guys get funded? Or is this something that's been um, out of pocket?
1: So we had the opportunity to be funded for this project. Yes.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, because it's whenever I hear about either product launches or technology pieces, all I can see is like, money hosing out the window.
1: <laughs> yes. You have to be really careful. <laughs> Very easy for money to go out the window.
0: <laughs> uh, so what's the what's the the grand vision uh, where this is going to be in, in five years from now?
1: Um that's a really great question. I think in terms of where I would like to see this and where we're pushing towards is we would want to see my huddle be incorporated in every single continuing care facility across Alberta. We want uh, my huddle to be in the hands of caregivers um, across the province, and so with that, it's really about building grassroots momentum, engaging with caregivers, um, and working with our government partners um, to really look at how we can facilitate the scale and the growth of this within the within the province. The other piece, as well, is really developing a sound caregiver coaching network um, for. Um, Ethnocultural communities. So, healthcare providers that speak your language, that understand your culture, and that can support you and your family as you're traversing through some of these difficult times. We really want to be the voice for ethnocultural communities um, within the province and hopefully across Canada as well.
0: Wow. I love it. Yeah. Big vision. (laughs) (laughs) not a long time. It's not. (laughs) And I'll come and go on a blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so if people are interested in finding out more about you, about this, uh, your app, or downloading it, or, or getting it for their friends and family, uh, where do they go? How do they get more information?
1: For sure. Um, so they can go to myhuddle.ca. That's where the app is, and where um, that's where our resources and um, different sort of pieces are there. If they want to get in touch with me. I'm um, becoming quite <laughs> active on LinkedIn. So that's another place that I could be reached at. Um, And I'm really looking to, if there's any um, nurse that's interested in getting to know more about how to get into technology or need some support, they can get in touch with me there.
0: Awesome. Well, Wafa, thank you so much for sharing this with us today.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you so much for your time, Katie.
0: This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast, or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.